Hello, bunch of besties. Welcome back to Bunch of Beauties presented by Pucker Up Sports. My name is Sam Prevo, and as always, I'm joined by Jennifer Molia. It's it's early. What does Sam say? Coffee's good. Coffee's good. good. Avocado toast is good. Sam just had some avocado toast. Oh, smash some avocado toast. And we're we're thriving. We're living. And I'm uh, Ariel Melendez, and I know we'll talk about this, but Luke said as a back-to-back Stanley Cup champion, so, so the true. vibes, the so vibes true, are bestie. the vibes are excellent, and I am wearing my Luke Stanley Cup shirt from last year. I'm very excited. love that for you. So perfect segue because yeah. we're going to talk about the Lightning, our back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Congratulations to Luke Shen and Ryan McDonough only, <laughs> and that's um, it. <laughs> in this house we stand them. Um, so, yeah, I was going to – I have a whole bunch of things written down that we can – that are talking points, I guess, for the cup final. But I know that all three of us didn't really watch it that much. Yeah. Was it the was most boring – I was watched it, rest yeah, of it. <laughs> was it the most boring Stanley Cup final ever? Um, Valid. That would be a, a valid <laughs> opinion to have, I think. <laughs> Honestly, like – I barely watched any of it. And then, like, what I saw from... Because I would, like, look at the scores the next day. And it's, like, nothing seemed exciting. Like, it just seemed like the Lightning just being good. And then Montreal had that one game. Yeah, I was going to say, game, game was four it. was exciting. The overtime, I, 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 like, felt a little, like, not in my tummy while I was watching it. But... Not in my tummy. But the other games, I mean, especially... The, I mean, was it game one or two that was, like, an absolute domination... I yeah, there I, were like shutouts or only one goal and like the I first guess one was like five two or five one or something. Yeah. yeah, and like I guess that's good because like ooh, they're showing their dominance. But like I don't know, I I personally as a sports viewer prefer more evenly matched games. I think they're more fun and like I don't like shutouts just because I think they're like like if it's a shutout by a lot of goals like that like what what game was it with the lightning and the islanders where the lightning won like seven nothing or something like that wasn't it more it was so it was like eight to two or something something but like games like that like okay sick like you're still scoring goals it's not like whatever one nothing like a one nothing shutout i'm like why'd you even play the game i I will say though it is it is (laughs) remarkable that the last five series clinching games i think it's five dating back yeah, to last playoffs vasilevsky has shut out their opponent and he's i mean undefeated yeah. he's undefeated in the playoffs the game after the lightning lose yeah so and he's the first he's the first goalie since ken dryden to play every single playoff game in a back-to-back cup run so he's pretty in remarkable and that kind of i mean i do i mean before i jump into a mini rant do you guys have anything else that you wanted to to say i mean like 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 personally (laughs) i mean i I kind of mentioned my one like my Um, one little there um i i mean i guess anytime you get mentioned in the same sentence as ken dryden like uh pretty cool for you it is pretty cool um I don't know that I have any, like, actual thoughts other than, like, yay, Luke has another cup, and, like, hopefully they'll actually get to have a cup day this year. Yeah. Because I know the border is supposed yeah. to open at the end of the month. 
So I'm thinking. I had my mom text me, and I wanted to be like, why did you text me that? Well, I'm going to book a flight to <laughs> but, Canada. BRB yeah, there. it's like July right 21st or July 24th. Don't quote me on that. I'm not a Canadian. I don't know. Don't on my way. Go, but I know it's the end of the month, so I'm thinking they probably will. But with such a short off season, I don't know. But, That's I mean, that was really my only thought. I don't have any, like, true, true, true thoughts yeah. other than, like... Okay. Was there anything that, that like, except... Oh, Pat Maroon. Good for Pat you, Maroon. Pat Maroon. He's the only player to ever win three cups in a row, but with different teams. I think that's yeah, a I saw stat. that, and I looked it up, and that actually wasn't true. Yeah. It's not true with different teams? Because it's because there's yeah. people who have won three in a row. Yeah. But, but with I, the same it's team. I w- it's because I was watching, like, the Pose post. Oh, uh, okay. Like, so the then whole who, who else did it? Um. Well, it hasn't been done for a long, 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 oh, long, long okay. time, though. I can tell you that. The last oh, was it when was... was it back in the original six days when everybody just kind of, like, swapped it, around it players? It was in 1961. Yeah, yeah like, so it was in the original sixties. Yeah. So I mean the modern era, yes. Yeah, and the cap era. Well the the Lightning yeah. are also the only team, well, the second team to go back to back in the in the salary cap era. The only other team to do it was the Penguins. Um gross. Yes, gross. <laughs> yeah. I I mean, I feel like I mean the Red Wings had the chance to do it also. So I think like when you're listing like dynasties in the cap era, I mean obviously the Blackhawks, the Kings, the Lightning. The Penguins, and I, I feel like you should throw the Red Wings in there, but I wanted to kind of, with with the excellence of Vasilevsky and the fact that Nikita Kucherov had led the playoffs in points. Okay, he had nine more points than anyone else, and the and that other person, the second person, was his line mate. <laughs> the only yeah. other two people to do that were Gretzky and Lemieux. Um, Period. So there's tons of amazing stories there. I mean, Ryan McDonough played out of his mind. Uh, uh, Coach Cooper. I don't know why my brain's like freaking out. That's okay. But he uh, said that Ryan McDonough deserved uh, Conn Smythe votes, even though he wouldn't get any. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And this all leads me to kind of like, because I follow a lot of Canes fans, I guess, and like other, like fans of other teams that were rooting against the lightning it just got to a point to me where it seemed very like i i want to use a better word than whiny but it seemed very whiny and just very (laughs) repetitive and very just unnecessary to be like well they were 18 million over the cap yeah like yeah that was hey we got it like and this isn't like to get anyone specifically because i saw it everywhere like Mm -hmm. It, yeah. It's it's not just one person or like one fan base or whatever. It's just it was this common complaint that the only reason they won and or, or of course they won because they're eighteen million dollars mm-hmm. over the cap. No, yes, they were eighteen million dollars over the cap. Fine, but it was completely that's completely legal. That's within the the confines of the rules. They are not the first team to do it. I don't know mm. why. I don't know why. Like all of a sudden, this is such a huge controversy. When in twenty fifteen, the Blackhawks did it. Right. Yeah. And if your team was doing it, you wouldn't be upset about it. And, and in 2015, Tampa was one of the teams to vote to close that loophole. Right. And because they lost to it. So they were yeah. like, we don't yeah. want to do it anymore. But then obviously, if, if it's still a rule, you're going to use it to your advantage. And I think people yeah. don't yeah. understand. Like, it's not like Kucherov was ready to go two, two weeks into the regular season and they kept him out on purpose. Yeah. He was rehabbing from major hip surgery. 
He was probably ready to come back like a week or two before the regular season ended and they kept him out till the playoffs started because they would have gone over the cap and they needed to stay cap compliant. I promise you Nikita Kucherov would have much rather come back earlier or played those last two weeks of this the regular season. Yeah. They did not win solely because they were $18 million <laughs> over the cap. The reason they were over the cap was because they traded for like David Savard who barely played. Yeah, right? Like they won because of Ross Colton. They won because of Matthew Joseph. They won because of Barkley Goodrow and Blake Coleman, who they had last year when they were cap compliant. So it's and <laughs> and because of Andre Vasilevsky. There's plenty of other reasons to point at. They were just better than everybody else. That's why that's why they won. They were better than everybody else. It's not because yeah. of some that it's not because of them using the system to their advantage. Which also, again is completely legal. Yeah. And also it's not because of, and this came out after that. It's not because Andre Vasilevsky had a humongous equipment either. Oh yeah, that's the new that's a new experience. We're because not allowed to get was... we're not allowed to get mad about the cap anymore. So let's get mad that Andre Vasilevsky has big pads. So it's because there was a picture of him and Carrie Price where yeah. like Price looks like a normal sized dude and mm-hmm. then Vasilevsky, no one can see this, but Vasilevsky apparently looks like I can't even put my his hands. His stomach's in like sticking out yeah. a whole bunch, I and saw, they're only like five pounds different or something. I saw a tweet that said like Carrie Price looks like a normal human being, and Andre Vasilevsky looks nine months pregnant, and I was like, <sighs> or it's just oh, holy saw, equipment. I, I saw like, the picture of like you remember like the walrus in that. I saw that one too. Yeah, I saw I saw I, uh, Alyssa Turner. Her caption for it was when a guy walks past you at the bar. <laughs> which like yeah i i they just stop stop i don't understand why yeah. they're hated so much like just they're just stop. a bunch of like they're like it's I, i'm glad they got to win it at home maybe it's because i have like lightning fan friends and like i like ryan mcdonough but like i don't like if we're gonna hate a team in the league it's not them i don't see them as like a hateable team at all and and the thing about the cap stuff is i feel like a lot of people overuse this phrase of like oh, like, if your team could do it, they would do it too. Or, like, if your team had this player, like, you would love him. And a lot of times I think it's inaccurate. Like, a lot of people use that to defend Tom Wilson. Like, Capitals fans in particular will be like, well, if you were Tom Wilson, you wouldn't be complaining and saying he was dangerous. But, like, I don't really think that applies. But in this case, like, yeah, if your team could go over the cap and get better and have it still be legal, like, you would do it too. Like Exactly. That's what I don't get about it. If it was your team, you would be like, well, it's legal. So I don't. And it's not even what's weird is it's not even a specific fan base that's really like going after them for it. It's like assorted fans. Yeah, it's just it. like I said, it's not I'm not saying I didn't bring this up and I didn't start this rant to like dig at a specific person or a specific (laughs) fan base. It was just a wide range of people bringing this up and like. Again, like I, I, I agree that it's something that, that it should be talked about. Like the mm-hmm. whole the salary cap in general is something that should be talked about because it's ridiculous at this point. Like yeah. I, I think that there's a way. Like the NBA has a soft cap, and there could be a way to implement that into the into the NHL, specifically with revenue sharing that can benefit smaller market teams that struggle to make the floor. If they really want parity, that's definitely a way to to help with that. But that's a different discussion. Yeah. Like, if you're going to get mad at the Lightning, don't hate the Lightning. <laughs> hate the system. Hate the NHL, yeah. Like, hate the fact that the owners and the general managers and whoever else, I think it's the owners that keep that system in place. Like, 
Be mad at the owners and Bettman for keeping that system in place. Don't be mad at Nikita Kucherov. Don't be mad at Julian yeah. Breesbaugh. Like, Julian Breesbaugh is a lawyer. He's a smart man. Like, he he's not going to see a loop. He's not going to see that loophole and say, eh, everyone's going to get mad at us if we do that. Like, he doesn't care. He wants another Stanley Cup. Exactly. That's the thing. They don't care if, like, people are going to bitch about it on Twitter. They're going to say, oh, we have back-to-back Stanley Cup. Sorry. Can't hear you. Sorry. Can't about hear that. you. I'm plugging <laughs> the ears with my rings. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty like, much. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, I think people kind of overestimate, like, their influence as a fan of sports sometimes, just in general. And I think, like, this is an example of that. Like, nobody cares that you're mad on Twitter. They mm-hmm. they have back-to-back Stanley yeah. Cups. Like, I think they'll be okay. I think they'll live with you being a little annoyed at them for the next, like, three days. <laughs> Speaking of that, I did want to bring up, because, like, Nikita Kucherov was wiling out in his post-game press oh, conference. Oh, yes. I saw this. Yes, and yes, yes. And he said, well, he said something about Vasilevsky that, like, made me roll my eyes, and then I had to remember that he was intoxicated when he said it. Yeah. He, he said that <laughs> if Vasilevsky was in a different market, he'd have more awards, which, like, Sir Tampa's not even a small market. Yeah. And you get plenty of recognition for being the best goalie in the world. But that wasn't the one that, like, Besides the point. sent everybody into a tizzy. The one that sent everybody into a tizzy was, I want to get the exact quote. I should have pulled it up earlier, but... That's okay. Anyway, he said things about Montreal, and he said, the fans in Montreal acted like they won the Stanley Cup last game. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Their final was last round. <laughs> oh, I lost it at that. That was, that was so funny. Yeah. And people got so angry about it. And then the thing that made me angry and this most this kind of ties into like the entitlement of sports fans or like the the delusion of sports fans they went to his instagram with like pictures of him and his son and were commenting really nasty things and bringing up the cat bringing up the fact that he like said all these things in the press conference and everything i'm like he doesn't i mean why why (laughs) why just why period like i mean sometimes like people go after like the wags and stuff and I haven't seen anything about people going after his wife maybe she's private or whatever but like why do you need to comment underneath nice family photos of him and his son from like the summer and say like like f you basically Mm -hmm. because you you're like it's somehow his fault that like all this happened like no yeah, I, I, know. Know. Just I never understood, like, the commenting under the pictures or, like, the going after family members. And I think we've talked about this before, like, earlier in the playoffs. Um, so I don't want to complain about it too much. But I just never understood it because it's, like, there. If, if you're so annoyed by what Kutrov said, you're not annoyed at his kid or his wife or his family. You're annoyed at him. Like, at least, like, If you're gonna, not that I'm condoning being mean, this is not me condoning being mean, but if you're going to be mean, why are you going after his family? Like, I don't get it. I I never understood it. What does it accomplish? Like, it's not like his wife's gonna be like, oh, sorry, username (laughs) with dude's name and bunch of numbers is saying this about you. Like, they're not gonna, they don't, like, they don't, don't eh, care. They don't care. That's that's exactly what I was saying about like we overestimate our influence. Like we, yeah. they're like you said, they're not going to see a, a comment from a guy's name nine six seven one two three four five and be like, oh my god, I have to, I have to take a look at my character because this man has attacked me. Like, did you just sneeze? Bless you. Yes, thank you. Cute. Um, yeah. I mean, the, like I said, there's not like much to say about it. Just that it's annoying and stupid, and you should yeah. stop. 
That's yeah, it. and like people were saying like what he did was like classless and everything, and I'm like, why does being happy your team won and getting drunk and then like going off about it in a post game interview? Why is that classless? Like that's what I expect. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like why? Like hockey fans are always like, we want personality in interviews, and then when they show personality, they're like, oh, that's so classless yeah. and rude. Just like, kidding, not yeah. that way. Don't do that. It's all yeah. It's always like not that way. Like, what way do you want it then? Like, yeah. I, whatever. Show personality, but not like that. We've also gone on that rant before, so we don't we don't need to That's touch on true. it again. We just because I, I wanted to get into another. Uh, I have multiple rants planned because I was just so heated after the cup final. Because rant number two, Tokyo the, Drift. Yeah, it's rant number two, Electric Boogaloo. So let's uh, <laughs> let's buckle up because I was so angry. I went on a multi tweet rant about this as well. So it's yes. going to be a, if you saw my tweet, if you saw I my tweets about it, if any of you follow me on Twitter, then I'm sorry that you have to see this again or hear it again. But so. Alex Kalorn was out at the end of the Stanley Cup Finals, and it came out at the end of the yeah. series that he had surgery because he broke his fibula, uh, which is a bone in your leg, and he got Ouch. he okay. got a rod put in, and he still wanted to play immediately following getting the rod put into his oh. leg. And I tweeted in all caps, do not praise him for wanting to do that. Yeah. And people were like, well, why? He's a warrior. He's a hockey guy. No. No, please. I'm, I So I used to be brainwashed into thinking that hockey fans, that hockey players are the best athletes in the world because they play through all these horrible injuries. And I don't, and I want to clarify that there's a difference between like, they got a cut on their face, they got stitches, and then they go right back in. Because yeah. that is very different from, Chris Kreider playing through a blood clot or Alex Kalorn wanting to play with a rod in his leg. Alec Martinez playing on a broken foot. Eric Carlson playing on a broken foot. Ryan McDonough playing on a broken foot. Everyone Multiple players playing have on a broken played on broken foot. Yeah. Uh, Kucherov had broken ribs. Patrice Bergeron very famously had broken ribs during the 2013 Cup Final. And it punctured his lung. Um, let's stop praising players for playing through things like that. Because playing through things like that makes it worse. It's very toxic and dangerous. The idea that ignoring very serious health problems makes you tougher and a warrior is extremely, extremely reckless and dangerous. Yeah. And it allows, it gives fans the right to say people like Nolan Patrick who are actually taking the time to figure out and treat and assess their chronic illness because migraines are a chronic illness. It gives fans the right to call to point at other players and compare them and say, well, he's for, I'm sorry for using this word, but he's a pussy because (laughs) he, he, he's why won't he play through headaches when other players like died on the bench and then wanted to go back in. Because players shouldn't have to do that. Yeah. It's, it's, and I hate that it's used as like, please like my sport fuel for Mm -hmm. people. They're like, well, hockey's the best because these players are warriors and do X, Y, Z. There's plenty of other examples to point at, or even less extreme. Like I said, getting stitches and then going back out on the ice. There's plenty of other examples to use to, to, as evidence that hockey players are tough. Or yeah. that, or that it's yeah. the hardest, or that like it's the it's the most intense sport, and that's why people should like it. Like, I'm even more okay with condoning the fighting than, a, like, allowing someone to play through something that could get worse and then cause them like long term 
physical problems. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you pretty much hit the, hill and hit the nail on the head there. But the, the only thing that I kind of wanted to add is that I feel like a lot of times, like, these comments that people make about, like, physical injuries really parallel comments that people make about mental health, especially yep. in sports. Mm-hmm. And neither are good. Um, just point blank. Um, and I think that we we have to start, like, breaking down the stigma of, like, it's okay to, like, take time off and get help no matter what it's for. If it's for right. mental health, like, yeah, that's fine. If it's for physical health, if it's because you have an injury, yeah, that's fine. Um, you know, and it's just, it's very frustrating because like you said, Sam, you know that them playing on it is just making it worse. And I think that's part of the reason why like these injuries just come out at the end of the year, because like, if it was public knowledge, like, oh, like he's playing with a a broken fibula or whatever it was, like that doesn't look good ultimately like you will have the people that praise it like you were saying sam but you are gonna have probably the same amount if not more people being like "Ooh, probably shouldn't be doing that um so i definitely think that like the hiding of it and it only coming out after you've won the cup is like very deliberate um and i just i hope it stops happening as much i don't think it will um, I think it will keep happening because hockey yeah. is a grr, tough man sport. Um, and <laughs> and I I don't want it to be that way. I'm hoping it will change, but yeah, yeah, it's just no. It I mean, sucks. it's it's tough, like because the players. I mean, hockey players are built different, and they will always like try to play through those things. And there's a question of like, where's the line of like forcing them to sit out? Because they are grown adults and, like, they can make their own decisions and, like, the medical staff, like, obviously will help them, like, by giving them, like, whatever shots. Like, I think it's, like, cortisone is the one that's good Mm -hmm. for broken bones. So it's, like, oh, like, well, like, because I know that's what Eric Carlson did before, like, every game when the Senators went to the the conference final. He would just get, like, cortisone shots in his broken foot before every game to play on it. Like... Jeez. If everyone's compliant to it and the players are really are adamant, like, I will play on it. Whereas, like, there has to be, like, I mean, I guess there's, like, a discussion of that stuff. But I think in general, just this culture of praising playing through injuries and praising, like, not addressing serious problems mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. becomes a serious problem. Um, and I, 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 Jen, I like what, Jen, I like when you likened it to mental health problems because I, I find it interesting that like when Robin Leonard went to go get help or uh, Bobby Ryan went to go get help, it was praised. But then like at the same time, like Nolan Patrick is a wimp because he won't, he won't play with debilitating migraines. Like, yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. Like the, there's mm-hmm. double standards everywhere in this in the fandom of hockey, and it it's mind boggling to watch. It's so that's bad. a that's a whole other rant that I think I've gone on. <laughs> oh, about could, Nolan! I think we've gone on multiple rants about Nolan. Go on again, but it, it ties into what Jen said about the whole stigma versus like physical you can see versus like mental that you can't. Yeah. Because I'll I'll go on this rant very quickly again because I know I've done it before on here. <laughs> Mini and I've rant. An, an article about it, but the whole thing between Patrick and Lindblom was was the whole like Lindblom obviously like getting the slack, getting the like oh you're coming off of you know cancer like all this all this like take your time take your time, 
when Nolan has this mental, you know, migraines, like debilitating, like couldn't play hockey for a year. Oh, he just doesn't want to be here. He doesn't look interested, like blah, blah, blah. Like, but so because you can't see it means, oh, yeah. just kidding. It doesn't exist. But because you could see the physical toll on Lindblom, you know, yeah. oh, he was going through something. You can see it. It's there. Like, he's chill. But because you couldn't see the migraines, it wasn't. But yeah, that's, I'll I'm, keep the rant like short and sweet. On yeah, that I mean, I could go on a rant too because I, I have chronic <laughs> migraine and I've had chronic migraine my whole life. Um, and people don't know, understand, like especially sensitivity to light and sound, how mm-hmm. bad it can get. Like I was like, this is a quick story. I was sitting in a car with my friends when I was really young and I had a migraine and we were driving everybody home from like hanging out for the day or whatever. And I had a migraine and I told my friends like, please like just be like, keep it quiet because I my head is killing me them whispering in the back of the car next to me sounded like they were screaming in my ears yeah and I screamed at them I like lost it I started screaming at them to be quiet and they were like we're whispering and I'm like you guys are screaming in my ears right now like I you like you need to like sit in a room in complete silence and darkness Mm -hmm. and even then like it's just everything makes your head hurt. Like I, it's so hard to like explain to people who haven't experienced it. And I have had friends who didn't experience it. And then they have have since and have come to me and been like, holy shit, like, I'm so sorry that like, I didn't understand before Mm. because now I get it. Mm. So like, imagine like if he's, let's say he still feels a little better, but then he's having one and he's in the locker room, all the lights in the locker room and all the people yelling at him to ask him questions. That must be excruciating and that's probably why you get the he looks disinterested no he's in pain (laughs) like yeah it hurts um so that's that's like a whole other rant for another day but like what you like what you said ariel like when you can't see it and you can't like you don't know what the pain feels like then you Mm -hmm. can't sympathize like you can't there's since you can't empathize they must automatically be exaggerating and making it up yeah like it doesn't exist if i can't put like if I can't look at him and say, oh, there it is. It's happening right now. Like, yeah. oh, just kidding. He doesn't want to be here. He's, you know, he's in, in his interviews. He's just like, sounds like he doesn't care. But also like, that's just like his personality, I think. <laughs> he's it's just like, like a quiet dude. But like, it's like you can't people, see it. It's like when people say, I don't believe in aliens because I can't see them. Or I don't believe in ghosts because I can't see them. <laughs> Um, anyway, so uh, the only other like huge news is that Vladimir Tarasenko uh, asked for a trade. Apparently, he asked for it earlier in the offseason, but now uh, Doug Armstrong, I believe, is the GM of yes. the yes. Blues. He is working on the trade now. Um, he has a no trade clause. He has two years left on his contract, making $7.5 million. Uh, they'll probably have to retain if they trade him. No doubt. No doubt. Um, I would say at least like a quarter, maybe half um, if they trade him. Um, he's dealt with a lot of injury problems, but under normal circumstances, he's like a oh, 30 goal scorer point per game kind of guy. Yeah. Um, so I was I as Ariel's our resident blues fan. <laughs> I wanted to know if you had any thoughts about it or like think what think a certain place would be a good fit for him it's not a surprise i think this was our this was going to happen no matter if it was publicized or not um it's not surprising that it's coming out now just because it's like the end of the the playoffs and there wasn't 
really anything Doug Armstrong could do. I mean, I know trades can happen during that time, but, like, no one's going to. Yeah. No one's gonna do anything right there until, like, it's all said and done, so it's not, like, a shock that it came out now. And he was always, I, I think, until I, because I actually read why he wanted the trade, and if that's true, like, hot damn, the Blues medical staff is, like, under some serious fire, because apparently <laughs> he's saying they mishandled everything. That's what I thought I heard, that, that it was a mishandling of his injury situation. Because his, I guess it didn't get fixed in the first one, and supposedly wasn't fixed in the second one, and they yeah, waited on him. Yeah, he's had three shoulder like, surgeries, yeah. Like all this, but um, a lot of people wanted them to expose him in the expansion draft and see if Seattle would take, you know, would take him. I don't know that Seattle would, just because of all the question marks with his injuries and all that. I mean, apparently there has been a couple teams that have received his medicals. That's come out recently. Um, don't know who, obviously, but that was that was the big thing. Was you know with the whole medical history. I don't know that I have a, a fit on where he could go. Um, I haven't really thought too much about that. Um, he's obviously a different player than he was before all of this. Which like, obviously, you've had three shoulder surgeries. You're not going to be yeah. the same. Um, I. Th- think if I remember correctly, he was one of their better players in the playoffs, though. They're very, 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 very short playoffs, too. <laughs> I think he was one of their better players from what I remember. It was so long ago now. That Back in I the day. When I'm going yeah, to look at his stats. Like, I think he was, like, third on the team in goals, but to be fair, I think their leading goal scorer had, like, four three goals. So, I mean, not exactly hard to look good on that team. But I, yeah, I don't know that I have somewhere he could go, but I don't think – I don't see a way he's back at St. Louis. Yeah, he – so in the last two seasons, regular seasons, in 1920, he only played in 10 games, but he had 10 points in 10 games. So that's a, a point a game. Yeah. And then in 2020, 2021, he had played in only 24 games, and he had 14 points in 24 games. So Yeah, so he, he wasn't bad when he came back. It's just you could tell he wasn't, like, the same. Like, yeah. he was kind of shying away, obviously, from, I think, some shots and, and some stuff, obviously, when you're coming off shoulder surgery. So understandable. Like, But he was still, like, good. He was still, you know, what he could be at that point. Yeah, but but had- I don't see a way he's yeah. back at St. Louis, especially he had all two of that. Goals. He had two goals in the playoffs in four games. Yeah, I knew he was somewhere. And I mean, four games. Yeah. Um, but it, it's if all of that's true about the medical stuff, which I don't think is apparently the first time something like this has happened, but, like, I've only been a Blues fan since, like, Braden got traded there, so <laughs> I can't speak on what happened before that. But I'm pretty sure that's not the first time their medical staff has maybe been under fire for something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, I... With how everything's going and the whole medical stuff thing and just how it's been, I, I don't see him back, especially if he wants out. Like, I yeah. don't see – I mean, obviously, Doug Armstrong is going to – wants to get what he can for him. It's yeah. Not, it's not going to be like, a, oh, we're just going to let you go because you want to go kind of thing. Is is As much as he does, you can't, like, look at the trade like that because then you're obviously not getting your fair, fair value. But also, like, the fact that it's publicized that he wants to trade, like, you're also still not going to get your fair value. Because yeah. everyone knows he wants out. Um, obviously, it will depend on the whole medical records thing and what, you know, physicals and all that. Because he obviously still has to pass physicals. 
Yeah. And and all that. So it'll be interesting to follow. I, I think I think it's gonna take a while to happen, but also with the whole expansion draft coming, um it has a no move trade or no movement. I think it's a no trade. I'll double check. But okay, I, so then I don't think he's well. Yeah, people wanted him unprotected. He doesn't have to be protected. Yeah, I think it's uh like a limited, so he'll give them a list. Yeah, that's what I think. That's what I was pretty sure it was. I wanted to make sure before I went like, oh, so technically they can leave. Double him check right now. It just says NTC, but I think so he can be left unprotected. Yeah, I think they said that he uh would have to give a list. Let me check the uh. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure about that though that he would have to give a list for that. Um, I guess, though, if you're trying to get something for him, you would protect it, because on the off chance that Seattle's like, hmm, we need to reach the cap floor, like, let's take a chance on this guy, who looks like he's pretty good when he's healthy, and then you lose him for nothing, and you're like, well, crap, look what we did there. <laughs> so, if he's not traded before the expansion draft, I can see a way they protect him, just to get something for him, yeah. but I just can't see a scenario... Unless there's some real, real, like, heart-to-heart, like, with Doug Armstrong and Tarasenko, <gasps> that he's in the St. Louis lineup next Yeah. Season. Yeah. Um, yeah, I doubt he'll go in the expansion draft because they're going to try to get something for him. It might be, like, a side deal where they get something yeah. in return from Seattle. But I can't imagine them letting him go for nothing and just saying, like, take him off our hands to Seattle. Yeah. Um, I The only two teams that I really heard, like, things about being on his list were the hurricanes for whatever reason and and the islanders um i when it comes to the hurricanes because i do know the team pretty well they do need a guy that can score like the amount of goals that tarasenko can and i think there would be enough players in that roster to help him like have chemistry with him is what I'm saying. Like, you know, pass him the puck and things like that. Like he wouldn't be like relied on to do it all himself. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially if you put him with like Ajo or Trocek. Mm -hmm. Sorry, my voice. Um, But I am worried about the price because I'm sure Doug Armstrong wants a lot for him. They drafted him. They're paying him seven and a half million dollars. He is one of their best goal scorers. Um, It's probably going to be a C price to pay. So I, I am apprehensive about it for the Hurricanes simply because of the price. I am concerned about what they'll want, especially since I'm already concerned of what they're going to have to give up in the expansion draft. Um, And they might lose Dougie Hamilton in free agency. So it just, I'm afraid they're going to dismantle the roster that had so much success. Yeah. I'm afraid they're going to dismantle it too much. Like there's obviously going to have to be changes made, but like already there's, uh, not going to re-sign Jordan Martinuk, which is a spiel for another day because I think it's a mistake. But um, they're already going to make some changes to the group, so I I'm afraid that they'll make too many. Um, yeah, and one of those would be giving up too much for Tarasenko, in addition to losing potentially losing Dougie and um, and giving up someone big in the expansion draft. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes. I mean, I think the other like rumbling that probably won't happen but is uh trading him to calgary for matt kachuk so matt kachuk can go home to st louis i'm literally reading the article that jeremy rutherford the the blues writer for the didn't he just say it's like never it's not gonna happen he he mentioned terrace because he mentions like what 
like our likely destinations and there's been like a lot of talk about um if i can find where i'm at in this article oh my god um, well, I know it, that it, it was, mentions it does mention kachuk but saying it would take a lot more than tarasenko yeah to, mm. to pry him away from calgary okay yeah, here we go what could they get in return if i knew how to scroll through an article <laughs> yeah because it says sources say the club has interest in kachuk um, but it said, according to sources, it would take much more than Tarasenko to pry Kachuk away, and that's if Tarasenko would even waive his no-trade clause to go to Western Canada. Which I doubt. Yeah. But there's so many things that says, like, it could be they could deal him away in a cap savings mood, they could deal him for a defenseman, or they could... There was something like, um, Tom Stillman, the... Oh my god, what is his actual title? The team, the president... Oh, owner. Well, yeah. Well, same. Almost same person. Um, talked about how they believe the championship window is still open. So saying that would suggest they don't want to trade him for picks and prospects. But, right. So they want they want NHL players for him. But with the with that cap and and it's still a frozen cap, right? For the yep. next. Like you're gonna have to retain at least, and likely to unless you can get a team to bite on the whole cap. You're gonna have to send something back in return, which is gonna be draft picks and prospects. Like, I yeah. there's no way that I see this only being a terrorist. I mean, it wasn't only gonna be a terrorist angle for whatever in return, but to get a team, if you're trying to get a team to bite on the whole cap, they're gonna have to send like that sweetener, like the whole um, like I hate to bring up the street because it still makes me cry, but the whole Shen to St. Louis trade, the whole thing with them getting Laterra in that trade was to sweeten the pot. Right. Or, or like the, I forget what the actual sweetener, I can't like. Well, that's like, like that's that like when the, it. when the, when the Hurricanes traded Justin Falk to the Blues, the, they wanted, I think it was like Cairo, the, the prospect, but, yeah. but they got Joel Edmondson because of the salary. So that, yeah. that was the, that was the like whole like trade off. Oh, it was the picks. Oh my God. It was the, sorry. I like just came to my mind. The le, le, they sent the two first round picks because of Laterra, and that's right. how the Flyers get Frost and Fairby, which like woo, but I'm so sad. Woo. But that's another completely different topic. Yeah, but, there's always there's always that like we need to trade guys for the for the salary, but then since you're taking like our salary or since you took this player off our hands, we'll give you like this thing. Yeah, yeah. My so, my only real Tarasenko thought is. Y'all remember when Ranger fans thought we were getting him in like 2016? Yes. Because we're getting everybody. Yeah. Anytime, anytime any player's available, the Rangers are like, he's coming to the Rangers Future because everyone Ranger. wants to be a Ranger. Future Ranger. Um, everyone wants to be a Ranger. I was like trying to assess it in my brain. I was like, is that even realistic? And in about 30 seconds, I was like, mm, no. <laughs> I did see someone say that like he could come and play with Panarin, but I'm like, do you understand the logjam we have at Wing? already to start with like i said this to my dad because we were talking about it i said if he was a center we'd be having a completely different conversation exactly but he's a a winger the rangers are so deep at wing they don't need more wingers they're trying to offload some wingers anyway like that's not the problem the problem's at center they need a bona fide top six center not jack eichel (laughs) not Um, him i was like waiting for that part 
not Jack Eichel, but they do need someone, and it'll be interesting to see what they do. But I don't think Tarasenko's on their radar at all. Because I and also no. like like I keep saying the asking price. I I'm sure if the Rangers weren't going to pay the asking price for for Eichel, I'm sure they're not going to they're and like they're being like timid about selling the farm basically they're mm-hmm. and they wouldn't do it for a guy like eichel they're not going to do it for tarasenko tarasenko um yeah yeah the one point about matt kachuk though i will say is i know that calgary is probably going to shake it up but i don't think matt kachuk is the one to go even though allegedly he kind of wants out for whatever reason i yeah. i think gaudreau and or monahan are probably more likely to leave calgary um i just think they've kind of at least in fans' eyes, may have overstayed their welcome and are aren't producing, especially in the playoffs, in the way that they like. Um, Matt Kachuk seems more like a mainstay for their future plans, especially since yeah. he wears. Yeah. Especially since he wears an A, he might be the C at some point. So I, if they shake it up, which I think they will, I doubt Matt Kachuk is the piece to go. Yeah, Johnny Gaudreau to Philadelphia for the millionth. Off season, and I was gonna say, yeah, they're gonna. They're, <laughs> like, I was like, I'm sure Ariel's like, tired of hearing rumor. this. That's the jo- Johnny Goudreau going home to- every freaking year. Is Johnny Goudreau is coming yeah. to Philadelphia? Bring him but home! Bring him home! Since we're sort of, sort of in a way talking about Seattle, um, I saw oh, yeah, something course. recently. Um, to to, to segue just slightly, let's but it's segue. Also still like about the Flyers in Seattle. Um, apparently, um. Elliot Friedman said this morning, I haven't actually like played the clip. Um, Jason Martinez shared this. Um, so this morning on NHL radio, Friedman said Flyers may be trying to work with Seattle to move a high salary player like Voracek, which is a rumor mm. I have been hearing is Voracek. Mm. Well, that's the rumor that's been going on. Interesting. Like the last year is that, again, fans want them to expose Voracek or JVR to get the contract off the board and those two names keep popping up and I don't know how I feel about it just because like JVR is one of your best goal scorers like since yeah. he came back and he's a big Work- power play guy right uh yeah he does a lot of his work on the power play Voracek is still a top player like despite everything despite you know a lot of the I don't like defensive stuff and a lot of a lot of the comments people make about him. He's also still one of the best playmakers like in the mm-hmm. league, I'm pretty sure. So I'm not as like easy to give up like the player for I mean you're gonna give up a player for nothing no matter what in this draft. But to give up a guy like Voracek or JVR, I'm just not as high on, but I don't even know what the plan is, like who they could possibly take. Because I know the the Flyers are going to lose someone, and I think a lot of teams this season are going to lose someone more than what they did in like when Vegas came in. Yeah, like yeah. I think there's a lot more players available that could be taken. Um, but a lot of people thought now that Dave Haxtell being the coach, like I don't know why this came out. People were like, oh, Dave Haxtell's the coach. Now, like, Robert Haig's going to get taken. And I'm like, mm, I don't <laughs> think so. But, like, That's that'd not his be decision. cool. <laughs> I was like, that'd be cool, though. Like, I guess because I think, like, Haxtell's going to have a lot of intel yeah. on the flyer. So he'll have a lot of input to be like, I think you should take this guy, this guy, this guy. Mm-hmm. I still made a list. I don't remember, of, like, all the players still on the team that, like, Haxtell coached or whatever. And I was like, I don't 
think they're gonna take Robert Haig, but like that'd be like lit if that was the pick. Let me see. No, that would be great. Because like that saves me like so much like heartbreak. But okay. like it, I just don't see that being the play. Um, I mean the rumor, the other rumor that I think has more weight to it is still Gosta's fair. Is the one that is probably going to go because he's not going to get protected. It's going to be Provi Sanheim Myers, especially if you're still trying to trade for Jones when Myers slash Sanheim is one of the like pick one of the players going back. Like you're going to need to protect him. I'm also need to know what Sam is looking at right now. No one can see this, but I'm making a face because I went to see. I went to see who the Flyers like had to protect if anybody because I know they had have to protect Giroux because he has yeah, a no Hayes. move, yeah. but they also have to protect Kevin Hayes because Kevin Hayes has a no yeah. move clause. I didn't even I didn't know that. the no move clause. Oh, yeah, I like Kevin Hayes, so I don't have a. I don't. Have I a I mean, listen, I like him too. He's a nice guy, but like he's a nice guy. What? He's one of their best. He's still. He is one of best. their best players. Yeah. I when Kevin Hayes was a Ranger, I really liked him. He was always a nice like guy to meet. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. him and Brady Shea and, and Jimmy VC would all kind of come to games together, so we would meet them all at the same time. Uh, so he Those was, were the I days. mean, I, I never had a problem with him. You I just think didn't it was, know he had. Yeah, had no I never. Class. Yeah, I just didn't know he had to know. I was like, damn, okay, Kevin Hayes, get your bag. I knew, I knew he was making a lot of money, but <laughs> I didn't bad. know that. I didn't know that he had a no move clause. I thought maybe yeah. a no trade clause, but a yeah, full no move Okay, I knew him and Drew were the ones that had to be protected. Then everybody else was just like. Whoever All you right. Needed. All right. Okay. But okay. I, the 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 true rumor that I think holds the most weight is the whole gossip spare thing. Is gossip spare? It is because you're not protecting him. Um. Um. You're protecting. I I said this. You're protecting Provi Sanheim Myers. That's yeah. just how I'll it's keep, gonna go. I'll keep beating the drum that Ron Francis likes to build teams' defense outwards. I mean, if you look at the way that Carolina's built now, a lot of that is foundations that Ron Francis built and. They have one of the deepest decors in the league. Um, so I certainly think that that's... Maybe they will good. take Robert Haig. Yeah, they will take Robert Haig, obviously. <laughs> uh, but I think a lot of a lot of teams that have, like, oh, he... Like, they can take this defenseman that, like, like this defenseman that's pretty decent or, like, a lesser forward, they're going to probably go with the defenseman just because yeah. of the way that Ron Francis likes to build teams and I think it makes sense I mean I think either way when you're building a team there were interesting points made about Tampa that their forward group is mostly guys that they drafted or like signed as an undrafted free agent and then the defense is mostly guys that they acquired externally Uh so there's always that one spot that you focus on and then fill in the gaps elsewhere so I think the Hurricanes are the opposite, where a lot of their defense is homegrown, and then a lot of their forward core is people they acquired from elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see the route, but if if you just base it on Ron Francis's other ten- tenure as a GM, aside from the fact that he never made a player-for-player trade <laughs> as a GM of the Hurricanes, I think that'll change. But I think the the mentality of starting with defense first, especially with the people available in the expansion draft. Uh, I think that'll hold true. So I think Goss's bear makes a whole lot of sense with that. Yeah. Yeah. And he, th- there's just so much about potentially him falling out with Philadelphia. Like obviously the season he had the, the, the healthy scratches, the suspension, the injuries, all, all this kind of stuff. And just that he's been in the rumor mill, like 
like I talk about Gaudreau to Philadelphia, like Gosses Bear has been like out of Philadelphia for like the past three, four seasons, and like he's acknowledged that as well. Like that, like he's he, he, you hear the rumors, you hear all that. Like he loves in Philadelphia, like obviously, like he's mm-hmm. like um, there's just been so many rumors of him. Like it's you're waiting for the point for them just to come to fruition, like so we can finally be like okay, like, it's happening, like, we don't have to keep talking about this year after year, like, when is it gonna happen, when's he gonna get traded, this, this, and that, I mean, it would suck to lose him in the expansion draft, because I I think he's still got a place here, but he just makes the most sense for Seattle to take, based on what's gonna be available to them, um, especially, like you said, if if they go with that defensive-minded, like, thought firsthand, I mean, I know he's more an offensive defenseman than he is a defensive guy, but I think he's still a good guy to have on your back end anyway. Mm-hmm. So he just makes the most logical sense. Mm-hmm. Unless the Flyers do really try to be like, hey, wink, wink, hint, hint, take this guy. But it's also like if you're making a side deal for them to take him, like, who are you also going to lose then? Yeah. Because we've seen, like, we, we talked about, like, teams are going to, like, wise up to what Vegas did. Like, because they lost mm-hmm. so many good players by making side deals. But it's like, hmm, just kidding. We're going to continue to make more side deals anyway yeah probably lose what like more than we need to but i'm curious again to see the route at least the flyers go with it if they really are gonna be like hey we want you to take this guy because we want his contract off the books so we can make bigger moves like if they're really gonna shake it up is Mm -hmm. what i'm interested more so than just the expansion draft is just if they're truly gonna be like okay like enough is enough like we contended last year like you know, I first seed like a, you, you can say that, but it was like a round robin, like is what it is. Because someone tried to be season. like, oh, it the Flyers weird. beat the two teams that were in the Stanley Cup, like in the playoffs last year. And we're like, mm, we're really counting a round robin game as like, and barely beating Montreal as like wins for us. Yeah, yeah. But it'll be interesting just to see if they actually truly shake it up, because that would be like a true shake up move if it's like if they make that deal for Vortec to go or if they yeah. just leave those two exposed and like Seattle. Yeah. Well their their prospect pool at forward is a is a bit deeper than their prospect pool at defense, correct? Yes. Yeah, they definitely have a lot more forwards than So they, they may they may do deal Vortec for that reason. Could be perhaps yeah. because I think the the Rangers are kind of in like a similar boat of like take a like cause the their wing depth is so deep. Mm-hmm. Like take a take a guy like so I'm looking at theirs right now because they just re-signed Brett Howden today. See my forced smile about it. Yay. Um, <laughs> but they're probably going to like protect. Unfortunately, they might protect Howden and then expose uh, a guy like Julian Gauthier, who is a right winger and drafted by Ron Francis to the Hurricanes. Um, <laughs> so because they have uh, so many other wingers in the pipeline um, and defense is a little more scarce i mean aside from like maybe we could convince them to take libor hayek um but yeah i think the rangers are also a big question mark with the expansion draft i mean i think a lot of teams right now there aren't a lot of whole like obvious moves aside from guys that are you know forced to be protected by a no move clause um but with the Rangers resigning Howden today, I think, I mean, at least on my end, there's a lot of panic of like, oh my God, they're actually going to protect him. <laughs> um, 
it's only a one year deal, so it's still built that he could perhaps go to Seattle. But mm. I am a little, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little nervous that wait a bit, yeah, that he'll stay and we'll be stuck with him on the fourth line yet again. Yum. Um, stealing a roster spot from someone else that could take it. But it, this this off season, I mean, we're the buyout window starts in twenty minutes. Um, so Rangers fans, yeah. hold on to your seats. We'll see if they buy out Tony D'Angelo. Um, but the buyout window starts in 20 minutes and then, uh, not next. Yeah. Next week, next Saturday, uh, the lists for protection come out. Um, so I would hope that next week by the time we're, you know, in, in this call talking again, we'll have more of an idea of who's, who's going to be protected. Like the rumors will leak out and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's going to be full steam ahead starting next Saturday, I think. Even even within after the buyout window, if people want to start making trades, because once the once the protection lists come out, there's a freeze on trades till the expansion draft. So hopefully within the next like couple weeks, there's just a, the rumor mill picks up and we and we'll have more clarity because I think it'll be disappointing if we're built like it, getting so hyped up for all the moves that are going to happen this offseason and then nothing happens. And not, yeah, I mean, but that's yeah. so NHL, right? That's kind of what happened last oh. year. I feel, and I mean, like. Last year yeah. was a weird year because, like, you know, pan- panorama, pancake, um, pandemic, Panini. you know. Um, but I I could definitely see that happening where we get we get all excited thinking things are going to happen and then things simply do not happen. Um, so <laughs> we'll see, I guess. But I don't have very high expectations, personally. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, the other monumentous thing that had happened monumental monumentous whatever monumental thing another monumental thing that happened uh with the with the awarding of the stanley cup is that the that nbc is no longer the broadcast partner of the nhl rest in peace to nhl we have officially made the we are officially in the the era of espn and turner so r.i.p nbc yeah, I'm. I'm. I feel bittersweet about NBC's legacy as and as NHL broadcaster. I mean, there we've been through so much together. The, the outdoor network versus <laughs> so much together. I mean, I saw a thing that was like I saw a tweet that was like, uh, "Never forget, never forget you, NBC, the bro- the channel, the broadcast partner that." made it life impossible for bartenders to find the game you're asking for or something like that. <laughs> that was like so true but i mean they they did invent the inside the glass position i mean they're kind of like the the pioneers of the winter classic and everything so mm-hmm. there were great things that nbc did bring for hockey um but i think it just ran its course and now espn and turner are kind of taking the uh more ambitious like role in broadcasting hockey. I, I disclaimer that I do work for Turner. So as my full-time job, so I am <laughs> a little biased slash extremely excited, um, but we never really talked about it. It came out uh, at the end of June, um, the full ESPN roster of oh, yeah. broadcasters yeah, I, yeah, and reporters. Yeah, I think we talked like off podcast about it. Uh, yeah, I think we talked uh, in the group chat about it. Um I mean, a lot of these names were expected, um, and some people are c- carrying over from NBC. Um, I think the biggest get 
is that Ray Ferraro is coming over from TSN. And I think he's one of the best. I mean, if you watch any of the international tournaments, you'll, you know of him. Um, but he's a great color commentator, analyst, mm-hmm. whatever you want to say. I, I think he'll be great. Ryan Callahan's carrying over from NBC. Who else is carrying Yay. over from NBC? Brian Boucher is carrying over from NBC. Uh, they, uh, AJ Malesko, which I'm very excited about. Um, they got Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network, which I think is also a great get. Yeah. And then you ha- you have like usual and uh, ESPN people that were already there, like John Bucci-Gras, Barry Melrose, Greg Wyshynski, Emily Kaplan, Steve Levy. They were all already uh, – Leah Hextall. They were all already kind of in the ESPN like sphere. And then you have bigger names like Chris Chelios, Mark mm-hmm. Messier, um, which is super cool. Uh, in the women's side of things, K- Cassie Campbell, Pas- Pascal, Blake Bolden, Hillary Knight, um, like previously mentioned Leah Hextall, uh, Linda Cohn. So I-, I-, I thought it was a strong group. I do have some feelings about Hillary Knight being a part of the group. But that's what I was going to say <laughs> is that the only that's the only one I really have a strong opinion on. Like. As far as all the men go, like, fine. Like, they're they're all, like, pretty well-known names, and I can't see anybody really royally messing up there. So, like, cool. Um, but as, as far as women go, like, I, I love Blake Bolden. I think she's great. Linda Cohn. Like, a lot of the names that you mentioned, I'm, like, great additions. But I just, I just, as somebody who closely follows women's hockey, and I know not all of our listeners probably closely follow women's hockey, but if you closely follow women's hockey, you definitely have feelings on Hillary Knight. Um, And I feel like a couple years ago, um, pretty much all of us had overwhelmingly positive feelings on Hillary Knight. And now pretty much all of us have overwhelmingly negative feelings on Hillary Knight. Um, Don't know if I really need to specify why, um, if you've been following along, but um, the um, the the calling the NWHL a beer league was really what um, was the nail in the coffin for me, Chief. Same. Um, yeah. So I mean, and it's just she she kind of fits into that, and I don't want to incorrectly say that she's like a barstool athlete because I don't know if she is, but she just kind of fits into that like subcategory of women's hockey of the yeah. women who are like um who have been on the barstool podcast who or who have supported barstool or who have been very anti-nwhl and i mean every individual's different but the players with like those mindsets and that are doing those actions just kind of rub me wrong because it's yeah uh-huh. it's it's very much a trees for deforestation kind of situation like i agree <laughs> That was a point I was going to make, and, yeah. and it, it, it worries me because she's going to have a platform now on ESPN, and I'm worried that she's going to in- continue to inaccurately represent what the NWHL is and what it's trying to do. And this, is, I always say this, like, when I say things in support of the NWHL and kind of, like, maybe negative about the P- the PWHPA – it's not to knock all the women that participate in the in the PWHPA because some of them do have there are valid concerns and criticisms of the NWHL. The, mm-hmm. the NWHL is not perfect. I don't think either of us are trying to say that. No. But the pettiness and the um the 
lack of acknowledgement of its existence. I think that's the thing that bothers me when uh, like these women like like Hillary go on television and then say, well, we want a professional league. You have one. You just don't want to do anything to make it better. <laughs> yeah. I um, mean, if, if I think we... it's just it's and then I'm sorry. And then calling no, it a fine. beer league and going online and like saying petty yeah. things and like it's just not a it, it, you're supposed to be a role model. And I think and you're supposed to like actually support other women like it's so fake it's personally fake to me to say that you're all for supporting other women and supporting the women's game when you're not acknowledging one of the greatest advancements with the women's game has made in the last few years yeah and all I was going to add to that is you know when you say there is a league but like you just don't want to acknowledge it or make it better or whatever I think that that kind of subgroup of players that I was alluding to. And I know it's a blanket statement to just say like uh, barstool anti-NWHL players, but I think we all kind of know the type of uh, player I'm talking about. I think it'd be a completely different conversation if they were even acknowledging that the NWHL exists. Yeah, they just don't. Yeah. Yeah. I think if it was like, you know, great for them that they've had this league going for, what is it, like seven, this season? This season this will be, be season seven, yeah. Right. So I think it would be a completely different conversation if they had said, really happy for them that they've been able to keep this going for six seasons, seven seasons, whatever it was at the point where they kind of started doing this. Um, if they were like, super cool, I did play in the league, I had fun, but I would make these X, Y, and Z changes. And I think that they're very Some much, of them are like that. Yeah, yeah. And I've seen that. But I think that a lot of them are approaching it with this us versus them kind of mentality, yes. which is not healthy. Because at the end of the day, if you do truly just want to grow the game, like it, it, it doesn't matter if the NWHL prevails or the PWHPA does or if it's a NHL-based league or whatever it is. You know, if, if you really do have the sport, the sport's like best interest like in mind it shouldn't matter to you. And I think that, you know, the the name on the jersey or the the league that you're playing in, because the PWHPA isn't even a league, um, I, I think that that just matters way too much to a lot of them. And I think yeah. that they, they would be a lot better off if they approached it from more of a collaborative standpoint than that us versus them mentality. And again, not to be endlessly praising the NWHL. I talk about their problems every single week. If you're involved yeah. with the NWHL and you're listening to this, why is Digit Murphy still have a job? Let me know. Um, but yeah, that's my two cents. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to bring it up because I think Jen and I had the same feeling about it. And just the, the fact that she's going to, I'm worried that she's going to push that narrative and and not acknowledge those strides on on national television and and like I said you're supposed to be a role model and I just don't think it's teaching the future generation of women's hockey players the right message. Yeah, 100%. It's just it's so exhausting and it's just like for for as much as I'm fault more on the NWHL side of it, it's just so exhausting that both sides like are not willing to really compromise like I do think that it's been better recently like the NWHL had been tweeting support when the PWHPA had like games televised and we're getting mm-hmm. um like that NHL support but yeah I don't know it's just 
it's exhausting. I know we didn't even really mean to talk about this, but yeah, I <laughs> just, just gonna that, happen. Was, that was honestly why I brought up the, the ESPN, um, broadcast team yeah. because I think they did put together a very, very strong team. Mm-hmm. It was just seeing her, her name pop up. I was like, Ooh. Oh, I don't know about that one. Um, yeah. and I'm, I'm intrigued to see how Turner, uh, wraps up like completes their their broadcasting team because right now they really only have Kenny Albert and Eddie O for uh actual like play by play in color and then mm-hmm. I think the only confirmed person for studio is Wayne Gretzky um they there's also rumors that they're going to add Keith Jones and Anson Carter which I think would be two great gets yeah. um but I I hope that they do um, also bring in someone from the women's game the women's sphere at least one person um because I know that their operation is going to be smaller than ESPN's ESPN obviously is going to have the majority of the games and Turner is going to have uh it's not going to be like a their deal with the NBA but um you know they do get the winter classic and all that kind of stuff so it'll be interesting to see how they round out their their broadcasting team hopefully with things ending with NBC they can fully talk to who they want to talk to and sign who they want to sign um and we'll find out more about that because I love I love and this isn't even as someone that works for the company but I just love the way they handle NBA coverage. I think mm. Nine in the end I think Nine in the NBA yeah. is just so wonderful. Um and I and obviously you're not going to have like a Shaq or a Chuck in the NHL world, but they can still try to put a similar product out. So I'm excited to see how that rounds out and yay, I get to work on NHL stuff. Yeah. Um <laughs> Hit me up, Turner. <laughs> Hit me up. Um, so we're about at an, we're about at an hour, but I wanted to bring up some more lighthearted things. One one that I thought was hilarious, and one that I thought was kind of icky. Um, okay. So I don't know if you guys okay. saw this, but but Coors Light is making well Coors, yes. yeah, brewery that makes Coors Light. They are creating a new limited edition fancy beer that is made with actual Amelie Arena ice from the cup finals. Yes. That's so gross. That is the, I don't care if they're filtering it. That's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. Like, (laughs) yeah, I am not a beer drinker guys. I mean, yeah, neither am I. So, uh, but Coors Light was one of like the first beers I ever had. Um, and it tastes horrible. It tastes like piss. And now they're like, so Coors is basically saying to us, here's piss, but now with added sweat and blood, like I could not want to drink that any less. Yeah, I I'm like just the thought of it. Like they 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 their dirty little skates were on that. Like no, they walked on blade yeah. shoes on that ice. Like yeah. I, I think the concept in and of itself is like cool, but then just thinking about like like you said i don't drink beer anyway so like it's not marketed towards me but like thinking about it like yeah like you said they're gonna filter it but like just knowing like hi i'm drinking like the blood sweat and like just everything that yeah they and like put which, onto that ice yeah and like which game did they get it from because like wasn't like didn't brennan yeah, gallagher's can, face can get like split open the- on the Ooh. ice and there was just blood everywhere like we i don't want to drink brennan gallagher's game. blood did yeah. you see this is a sentence right there slightly yeah. 
slightly off topic and I honestly don't even know if this is like real because I saw it on Twitter but I saw like a TikTok from Brendan Gallagher oh, yeah, didn't yes. he get robbed yeah about that, how that was real that was real about how his house got broken into was it, okay yeah. was that in Montreal or was that in or like was it their hotel room in Tampa I don't know so because I the, don't think he got back to Montreal that quick the TikTok itself reads, but he, but he might have like because their families couldn't come, so maybe he heard it like from his wife or whatever. Yeah, like our house that's got the robbed. only thing I could. So at bgalley.11 on TikTok, if you would like to follow him, um, <laughs> his his bio is singer actor through ping pong ball in hydro flask saved a bird. Um, same, yeah. yeah. So Mood. the TikTok itself reads. When your Stanley Cup dreams are crushed and you come home to find that you've been robbed, but it's okay because Pitbull has been there and done that. And it yeah, just sounds that, like, yeah, this is for everybody going Pitbull through tough too. times. Believe me, been there, done that. And um, Bardown commented, you're a legend, Gally. So true. Um, so true, bestie. Yeah. So that um, cut his face open and also got robbed apparently i'm, I'm I so mean, sorry I, I mean okay this is like uh i don't mean this in offense to montreal canadians fans but if that was his house in montreal in response to losing the cup i wouldn't be surprised i mean yeah yeah unfortunately yeah. and and the thing is and this somewhat still on topic but like different player like tyson yost also got his car broken into and his gear what? wow yeah. i did not know that I only because my friend is like a huge Tyson Yost fan. Mm-hmm. Um, what is wrong? Yeah, his with car window was broken into. His gear was taken, like his entire hockey bag, and some. He said like he'll be like smelly gears, like that. Yeah, that that um, stuff does not smell good. I'm like but, scrolling no. through Brennan Gallagher's TikTok now, and it's kind of now you're just going down the hall. He he posted one last April. So a bird flew into my window. I named him Jack, and. <laughs> And he said they watched Angry Birds together. The caption what? is, then Jack flew away before I finished my video without saying bye. Wait, that's kind of sad. His caption was, meet my new best friend, Jack. Hashtag bird I'm... rescue. Hashtag best friends. Hashtag BFF. I'm dead. And then the official NHL account commented, pour one out for Jack. Bird emoji, heart emoji. <laughs> so. <laughs> what is happening? Brendan Gallagher, TikTok influencer. If hockey doesn't work out. I just followed him. Josh Richards, who? He has over 110,000 followers. Josh Richards is quaking right now. Absolutely. Bgalley.11 is the voice of the fans <laughs> now. Uh, there's no easy way to segue into this, but I really <laughs> wanted to bring this up because I was shook to my core by this. Yeah. Um, at puck opossum okay I, they don't have a they don't have a, like a a name in their display name so i i like whatever the username. Your, whatever your name is uh shout out hello puck opossum but they tweeted uh she her so she tweeted imagine a world where Sidney crosby and zach efron both <laughs> born in 1987 i love to switch tweet. places <laughs> Switch places, and instead we end up with an epic rivalry of Zach versus Ovi for the oh better part God. of fifteen years. And then if you go down in the, I highly recommend you go down in the <laughs> I replies. Did. I did, and there's a body swap yep. of Wildcats basketball player with Sidney Crosby's face <laughs> yep. and so Sidney Crosby, but with Zach Efron's face. That was I looked Incredible. at that tweet because like your cryptic like 
note on it. I was like, what in the world is this? That picture hurt me so bad as like a high school I, musical stand. Like, uh, okay, the high the high school musical photo. I'm not going to lie to you. When I first saw it, it looked like Shawn Mendes, and I was yeah. like, "Why are we bringing Shawn Mendes into this?" But I, it hurt. The, it mostly shook me because I'm like, they are the same age, and yeah, Sidney I didn't Crosby to me feels like a million I, years old, and Zac Efron feels like a child. That part, yeah, yeah I got. Yeah, and like the thing that did it for me is like thinking about all all the things in history that would have changed, like Sidney Crosby in Seventeen again, Sidney Crosby and Charlie St. Cloud, Sidney Crosby dating Vanessa Hudgens, Sidney Crosby in the Baywatch remake. Like it doesn't end. Sidney Crosby in the Baywatch remake. Like think about this all the high school musical songs. Sidney Crosby performing. Oh, please bet on I need, it. I need Sidney Crosby singing "Bet on It." Like the like the vine of the kid when he like slaps the pool. Like I need that. Yeah. And I'm not gonna stop. Not gonna stop till I get uh, like I'm yeah. so uncomfortable right now. I think <laughs> it just it just really threw me in a lot but of just different imagine directions. like how like just imagine the rivalry of Crosby versus Ovechkin if Crosby is Zach Efron. Honestly, like there's got I would have liked Sidney Crosby more growing up. Right? There's got to yeah, be true. like a Tumblr fan fiction writer that's going to like write Oh my this god. Song. I just thought about when Sidney Crosby had the mumps but like kept denying that he had the mumps and his face was huge. Imagine that was Zac Efron. I can't. I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> this is why I'm I had to bring it up because it just the possibilities of this of this scenario are endless and I have I just uh, so Yeah. Good. And now I just saw another edit of of Carrie Price and Vasilevsky, and Vasilevsky's edited to look like three people standing on each other's. Yeah, I like, saw that. I did see that too. Like guys in a trench coat. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's um, it. <sighs> maybe he's just three little kids stacked on top of each other. That that makes more sense. Yeah, honestly, that would make sense. But I'll we'll leave you all with that image of Sidney Crosby, but it's Zac Efron. Sidney Crosby performing High School Musical 3's best song, Scream, walking on the walls and ceiling a, of the basketball who, court. Who would be his his Chad to do Boys Are Back? Evgeny him Malkin. And, him no, and Malkin doing The Boys Are Back? The Boys Are Back. I can't. Nope, that just made it work. You, you could do the entire Penguins team and High School Musical. I Phil Kessel? Is Phil Kessel in it? I Phil Kessel's it. Phil Kessel doing I Don't Dance. Absolutely. I hate so much. <laughs> no, the, I love this personally. As someone who grew up and loves those movies to this day, <sighs> that hurts my entire being. No, Malkin is is uh, Vanessa Hudgens's character, and they say no, you are the music no. and me to each other. Yeah, I need it. No, I need it personally. No, no. <laughs> I hate all of this. Every part of it. That made me really happy, honestly. Not gonna lie. That was a beautiful note to end this on. It was. I was gonna say, now I don't want to mention what I wanted to mention. It's oh, go ahead. Bring... Mention what you oh, want to mention. It's yeah. such a hard left and it's just gonna bring, like, everything down. It's gonna um, break our immersion. But I feel like we, like, should mention it. But after that, it feels like so... But we're, like, the queens of, like, hard lefts. So yeah, I'm, really? Like, yeah. I feel like... And I pray pray that i say his name right 
Um, I feel like we should at least mention the tragedy um, with Elvis first Lincoln. Oh, oh my goodness, yeah. Matt, yeah, so Mattis Kiv Lennox, um, otherwise known as Kiwi. Yeah. Um, for those of you who haven't seen it, I mean, I'm sure most of you have seen it. <laughs> Unfortunately, and I, and I was I was going to mention this, and then and then I guess because it's just it's so sad, and I just didn't want to like. It, we don't need to dwell on it, but basically, yeah, I just say mercy. Yeah, he was I, I do want to extend condolences to not only because not only his family but his friends because Elvis Merslikins was there and the goaltending. It was at um, Manny Legacy's house, the the goalie coach of the Blue Jackets. But twenty um, four mm. year old goalie Mattis Kiv Kiv Lennox, I believe that's how you say his name. Yeah, uh, was at a Fourth of July party uh, at the Columbus goaltending coach's house with. Elvis Merce-Lincolns and his wife and other people. Um, and unfortunately, there was a fireworks accident and he passed away from said accident. Um, there was a lot of different reports that came out, but finally the autopsy confirmed that it was from the fireworks. Um, originally, it was set, it was thought to be, uh, be that he when he was so he was in a hot tub when the fireworks were coming at him and he like tried to climb out of the hot tub and slipped and hit his head on the concrete. So that was believed to be the initial cause of death, but it wasn't. It was chest trauma from the fireworks. It's crazy. Um, it's so scary and it's so sad because he's literally my age. He's 24. He would have been 25 at the end of the year and I'll be 25 in September. Um, and it also kind of hit, hit home for me because one of my best friends passed away a few uh, six years ago now. And originally when they said it was from a fall, um, he died in a fall as well, an accident, a complete accident. Um, and it really hit home for me because, I mean, everyone says this when like someone young passes away, but it's so true. Like life is so short and you never really know when the last time you see or speak to someone is the last time. Um, and it's so sad because he was, by all accounts, a wonderful, kind person and a very promising young goaltender. And he was very close with Elvis Merce-Lakins. They're both Latvian. Um, so they probably came up, you know, growing up together and they were friends, you know, in the very close friends, like he considered him a, a little brother. So mm. my heart goes out to everyone involved and especially his family and his close friends. Um, and it's a tragedy and it sucks and it's horrible. Absolutely. And just to add to that, if you're somebody on Twitter who's blaming him for the accident or is just saying anything and being generally rude, um, it's time to log off and not say things like that. Go touch some grass. Thank you and good night. That's awful. I honestly, I haven't seen a lot of it, but I saw one specific instance where somebody was like, well, you you shouldn't be partying and that wouldn't have happened. It was fireworks on the 4th of July. Like, I I, I will say that this obviously is a lesson in be, like firework safety. I'm not big uh, on setting off your own fireworks. Um, but if you are, please do not do it close enough to people where something like this could happen i mean of course I saw, yeah i i saw it around my neighborhood in north carolina it's weird being in a state where uh fireworks are legal because i live my whole life in new york where they're not legal um but people were setting them off in their backyard like no one was around them when they were being set off they just went off so everyone could watch them so i guess that's kind of the only lesson to take away from it but that doesn't take that doesn't take away from how tragic this is and yeah. and it doesn't put blame on anyone there um, I, it was a complete accident. Accidents do happen. Um, and it's just horrible. And the fact that like his family and like people like, I, I know that Elvis 
was responding to people on Twitter because he just felt like he couldn't stay silent when people are like trying to blame him or whoever else. Don't do that. They're already going through enough. You don't need to. And as someone who lost someone in an accident at a, like at a young age, like you look for reasoning, you look for people to blame, like don't, and you think of like what you could have done different. Don't compound on that by making people think it's their fault. Of course. Or trying to blame people or whatever. It's just, it, yeah. it's, it's, it doesn't, it's not going to bring him back. It's not going to change what happened. It's just, it's, it's just, it's pointless was the word I was trying to find. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, my, my heart goes out to everyone and, and the, sure. and the like Blue Jackets fan community and, and his family, his friends, et cetera. Yeah. Cause it sucks. Yeah, that's sure. uh, like just to just to stress. Like that's why I mentioned. I mean, like I said, wanting to say names correctly. Like that's why I knew <laughs> I I wanted to give him the respect. Obviously, he deserves. But that's why I went with Merz Lincoln's because I knew he was there. Yeah. Because I didn't want to like I did not know I'll be honest how to say like Kiwi's name. Yeah. So I Keith wanted Lennox, that respect be. to be there because I knew Merz Lincoln's was still involved and obviously still a tragedy him as well but i i want to stress since i said tragedy involving first like i wanted to be known like i know it wasn't him but yeah i wanted the respect to be i mean there he was kiwi. right there i wanted the respect to be there for kiwi yeah who maybe knew how to say it. no i'm glad you you reminded me because i i did have it in mind and then like we got side we got we were talking about a million other things so i completely forgot about it but, um but yeah, it is it is horrible. And I and the it seems like the whole hockey community is has real like that is one thing to praise, I think, the hockey community for is that when things like this happen, like some kind of tragedy, um, like everyone kind of rallies around each other and mm. is is for the most part, because there's always bad eggs, but for the most part is supportive of each other. Yeah. Um and the Blue Jackets players have shown their support, and I'm sure behind the scenes there's even more stuff going on that we don't know about um to support. Uh, Kiwi's family um, and Elvis, uh, who was really close with him during this time, um, which is the which is the best thing you can do for someone who's who's going through a loss like this. For sure, um, is to just be a, a good support system. Um, but yeah, it's it's a tragedy and it sucks and and it, you you never want to hear people passing so young. But life life works out in weird ways. Um, and weird things happen. Weird accidents happen. Um, but I know all three of us uh, are with everyone who's sending their their love and, and support Absolutely. to, to uh, everyone involved. Um, but that's – we'll do it for us. Uh, please just remember Zac Efron could have been Cindy Crosby. Please just remember that. Please just remember to make it that. lighthearted again. Yeah, yeah, really. to lighten the mood again. I'm Good going to think. I'm going to spend the rest of my day thinking about Sidney Crosby singing that on it. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, Still yeah. Good. I like it. <laughs> the High School Musical Pittsburgh Penguins crossover <laughs> that we all needed and deserve. Um, and on that note, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Bunch of Beauties. And you can follow us on social media at Pucker Up Sports on all social media platforms at Pucker Up Sports. Uh, we are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of it. Follow us. Send us messages. We're, we're friendly. We don't bite. Um, 
And thank you again for listening. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.